Well, good morning. My name is Mary Bell, and I'm a senior, but not for very long, at Villa Walsh Academy. Next year, I will be attending Elon University, and I couldn't be happier. I was practically born in this church, and I owe so much to this youth ministry, so I'd like to give a quick shout-out to our awesome youth pastor, Mike Flavin, wherever he may be. <laughs> Mike, I know I speak for not just myself, but for all the senior interns. Thank you so much for all the time and sacrifice you have put into helping us become better leaders and overall better versions of ourselves. Additionally, I would like to say happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful moms out there, in particular my beautiful mother and my amazing sister, Joanna. Happy Mother's Day. And shout out to my spiritual mother, Annie Hassan. <laughs> Okay, diving into our last portion of the passage we have here. We've already heard from my three incredible friends down there, and I would just like to start with a quick recap. In the beginning of this passage, Paul is humoring us, or the Corinthians. Um, we, when we run reading this passage, the first thing that comes to my mind, and of course I have three small nephews, so you'll have to forgive me, but the first thing that comes to my mind is the children's book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. If you're not familiar with it, it goes a little something like this. If you give a mouse a cookie, he'll ask for a glass of milk. And if you give him the glass of milk, then he's going to ask for a straw. And so on, and you can imagine the places this mouse goes. <laughs> so Paul has this sort of resurrection version. If you don't believe in the resurrection, then that means Christ wasn't even raised from the dead. And if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then literally everything we believe in is pointless. And if everything is pointless, then there's no use to our faith at all. So might as well just give it up. He goes on and on to make his point, and then we get to verses 18 through 20, where he wraps it all together, and he puts a little bow on it, and I mean he pretty much changes everything here. So let's take a closer look, and I'm going to start with verses 18 and 19. Paul says, Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Whew! There it is. <laughs> Paul lays it out all on the table here. We, and we all know that Paul is not one to sugarcoat things. When there's something to say, to say, Paul goes to great lengths to say it, right? He says, then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost, which essentially means too bad for those people who have already died because by your reasoning, you being the Corinthians, they're gone and there was no purpose to their lives. He continues saying, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If we only have hope in Christ for the sole purpose of this life we're living here on earth, then that is the saddest thing I've ever heard. If you truly believe that, then what is the point of here living here on earth if we're just going to perish anyway? Aha! Here comes verse 20. He resolves his point. His message is revealed. Paul says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Okay, Paul just spent this, the last eight verses tearing the Corinthians to shreds. And then all of a sudden he comes in and he says, just kidding, we're good because what you have been believing is lies. And I'm here to tell you the truth, that there is hope. Paul finally tells us the truth and we don't need to worry because Christ has indeed raised from the dead. We have hope and hope comes in the form of eternal life. Wow. Paul says Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, since that's kind of a weird phrasing, and I don't know what first fruits means, I'd like to read it from a different translation, the message. But the truth is that Christ has been raised up, the first in the long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. Now, that's a picture right there. I'd like to point out that we are sitting, in fact, in a cemetery right now. Just some food for thought for later. 
Anyway, Paul is saying that the plain truth is Jesus really did raise up from the dead. And as long as we stand firm in believing that, that he was the first one to break the barrier of death, we have nothing to worry about. We have this newfound hope that he is asking us to follow in his footsteps. And through him, we can defeat the grave as well. We're not living here on earth just to one day die. We're living here to achieve our greater glory that Christ has already won for us. Because of his resurrection, we have eternal life. Now this passage is really heavy. If it was an animal, it would be an elephant. So what do we do with it? How do we take what we learn from this passage and apply it to our lives? For the answer, I'd like to turn to John 10, 9 through 10 and listen to Jesus speak directly. Jesus says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. God wants us to have a rich and satisfying life here on earth. He doesn't want us living in fear or dwelling on the little things. So let's take this newfound hope we have in the resurrection and apply it to every aspect of our lives. I challenge you all to have hope in the face of hopelessness. And if you don't know where you're spending eternity, consider giving your life to Christ because he has already defeated death for us. And it is such a precious gift. He doesn't want us to waste it. I leave you with a few more of Paul's words, this time from Romans 15. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. And would you please bow your heads with me as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. We get to be here together and praise you, Lord. I thank you for speaking through the seniors and allowing us to just speak your truth and your word, Lord. I pray that everybody have a lovely Mother's Day. In Jesus' name, amen.